So tonight we are going to discuss the most important thing in our retreat. Guess what? We are going to talk about food. So we are also going to investigate about the cooking book of the Buddha. And uh, I hope that uh, during all this retreat or all this day of now, you are still having an excellent time cooking your own food. Which type of food are we talking about here? Food in Buddhism is also related to the word translated uh, nutriment. And that word in Pali is ahara. So ahara means that which brings its own results. So actually, it could be more precisely related to nutriment. So in Buddhism, nutriment is actually related to causes. It has a causal principle. And here, the nutriments that we are going to discuss is about the basic nutriment of food itself, the food, the food that we are eating. Then also, this is the biological food, and also the mental type of food. That means contact, passe, second type of food, second type of nutriment, third type of nutriment, Mano-sanctietana, the mental formation, the mental volition. And the fourth type of nutriment is vijnana, consciousness. So of course, like uh, the idea I got from the, the bringing this topic about is that uh, we are discussing about samadhiti right view, and this is very important in the, in the aspect of right view. That means not necessarily nutriment, but the principles of causes and effect, causes and condition. How oh, we understand the causal process of life is going to determine a lot where we will go, what we will do, and how we will think everything. So cause and condition is very fundamental in Buddhism. And the other day I was talking, you know, like this aspect of the nutriment is also seen, like we talk about the Samadhiti Sutta. So another aspect of the Samadhiti, one who will have right view, is uh, someone who would understand the four nutriments. So uh, the other day another, a person was telling me, oh, you should talk about the nutriments, we should talk about this aspect, you know, it's so important here. Actually, we are so spoiled with the food. I mean, of course, it may not be a five-star hotel with all kinds but of luxuries, but still, so lucky we are to have all these varieties, three types of salad dressings, and then uh, <laughs> GFO for those who are allergic for anything, and then, uh, I mean, even people will be able to eat some uh, fish sometimes, uh, if they don't tell too, too many people. So... <laughs> Anyway, I think in relation to the old world, we are pretty lucky. So we are in an oasis of uh, 
security, or is this also of uh, enjoyment, or is this of uh, a great opportunity to uh, just to have that chance to be alive and to have enough material supplement for us to be healthy and then also to be able to feed ourselves properly, which is also very important. So food, food, food. What is food in the world? People starving. Children dying out of malnutrition. People fighting just to get a morsel of food. People killing each other just for a cup of water. And now, more and more people in this world. That means less and less food, less and less, less, and less uh, production from, from this natural earth. And still, although we are a lot of people, it's so badly managed that we are allowing just people to starve. Whereas if it was a bit better arranged and better uh, put together, maybe uh, there would have been a, a better way to, to handle with that, with not having uh, these uh, extremes. Hmm? I wrote many things, but uh, I have, I, it's just ideas that are not really uh, well organized. So what we need to know with our discussion, because although you, sp- you speak silently, you, I hope there is a kind of reverberation, and then you are eating a little bit of what is being said and digesting maybe what also has been uh, said. So uh, the idea with this topic is that uh, we should know what we are talking about and also we should know what it is going to give us as a practical means to improve our life and then also to improve our views, to improve a lot of our practice. So what does these things need means actually? It's not complicated, but I make it complicated. Mm. You see? (laughs) (laughs) (coughs) And by the way, you know, also there is, like, for those who like to deepen a little bit the, the topic, there is a really wonderful essay essay that has been written on the topic, you know, with, uh, with uh, the sutta of the four instruments of life, uh, taken from the text, Pali text, together with the commentaries by a German scholar, old, uh, you know, one of these uh, first uh, Westerners that uh, went to, uh, to Asia and then started to translate the, the, the Pali text into English and also into other language like German and things like this. So Verbaniana Ponica has written an excellent essay on that. So for those who like to have precision and something maybe uh, more assimilable, uh, as easily to assimilate by reading, then you just take your time and then you read the text, which actually I have in front of me because uh, it's really wonderful. And uh, of course, I think if I'm going to read that, you will find that very boring. 
So I will confuse you a little bit, and uh, then you will you will maybe be more interested. I'm not sure. So. So maybe I just like it. It's so beautiful the way that he tells it, you know, as a, he is a thinker. So these people, you know, these monks or these nuns also, they, they have, that's all they have to do to practice and then to read and then to study and then to teach, maybe to write books. And so it's a very interesting life for those who like it, you know. So this one also is a thinker. He's a, Venerable Ponika is really excellent uh, expositor of uh, using the English language. So, anything I will read, I think, will make sense to us. So he's speaking about the food, you know. So there is a constant process of grasping and rejecting, assimilating and dissimulating, identifying with oneself and alienating. When we look closely at this process of nutrition, physical and mental, we shall notice that it's not only the eater who consumes the food, but in the course of assimilation, also the food devours the eater. There is thus this mutual absorption between them. We know how much people can be changed, for better or worse, by ideas they have absorbed and which finally have absorbed and consumed them. So, so like about food, you know, food is a constant search. So we are looking for, we need the food. So all the time we are uh, searching for something. There is a kind of uh, need that really requires uh, a demand of looking for, always, always. So hence, also for mankind's future, what the Dhamma teachers of old said remains true, that the search for food is an ever-present source of suffering. It can steer a man's sense of urgency when he considers the light of nutriment, man's own nature, his incessant, incessant needs, and his situation in the world. The four nutriments of life stand for the first truth of ill. The craving for the four nutriments is the origin of ill, dukkha, the, the second truth. The stopping of that craving is the cessation of the continued process of grasping for material and mental food, which is the end of hell and of dukkha, the third truth. And the noble eightfold path is the way to that cessation. reflection now about the, the gross food, you know, the, 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 the food that we are eating. So in one short lifetime, how many train loads of food have passed in and out of our puny body? How many people have had to labor in the production, preparation, the distribution of that food for keeping, for keeping unbroken the traffic line that runs straight through our body? 
it's a grotesque picture if we visualize it. So, people, as far as they give any thought to the humdrum act of eating, have taken very different attitudes towards food. That means in history, you know, the, the, the what uh, man, uh, humankind have uh, adopted as an attitude towards the food is, uh, is different. So, some who became tired in the, of the dull routine of eating dull food have made a fine art of it and became garments. To them, the Buddha says, all nutriment is miserable, even divine food. And uh, then also some other people, you know, devised various ideas about the pure food. So we have here the dietetic rules of several religions and the belief of ancient and modern sects in man's purification by nutriment of which already the Buddha made mention down to our own days with their religions of numerous food reformers. Anyway, uh, so... So the purification in Buddhism is not by the food, but actually by the way we are eating it and the, uh, the, 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 you know, the, 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 the periodic observance of the eight or ten precepts is what the Buddha as a teacher of the middle way advised was moderation in eating, non-attachment to the taste of food and wise reflection on nutriment. Here the text is going in two ways. That means Milbanyanapunika uh, is giving his ideas and then also he, he, he starts again with these four uh, nutriments, but with the sutta. So uh, some of the... Maybe I will go directly to the sutta. So because... Uh, because uh, anyway, you just have the, the... You know, you have the, the reference for the book and you can go for the book if you like to read it. So there is a, a sutta, you know, a text that uh, says that, uh, that one should know only one thing. Huh? And what one thing? All beings subsist by nutriment. When a person becomes entirely dispassionate towards this one thing, nutriment, when his lust for it entirely fades away, when he is entirely liberated from it, and when he sees the complete ending of it, then, O oh monks, he is one who, after fully comprehending the goal, makes an end of suffering here now.
Well, food also is important, you know. Uh, in the Buddhist tradition, we see that when uh, we travel to Asia, and then, uh, uh, like in Sri Lanka, even uh, other countries, uh, uh, it's a polite way of addressing people. So when they meet you on the road, you know, any people, a- anybody, then uh, they, they, they ask you, even if they have never seen you, they, they ask you, have you eaten? Have you eaten your rice? Bat kawad? Things like this. And uh, so it just to means that, uh, that food is really important. No? And, uh, and uh, it's, uh, it can be a source. Of, uh, it's just, it is just so important. Mm. You see how bad organized I am. Now, so we'll go to the text and I will leave my note maybe for the time if there is still some. So there is a discourse and uh, it's a simile of uh, the four nutriments and it's called the sun's flesh. So there are amongst four nutriments for the sustenance of beings born and for the support of beings seeking birth. What are the four? Edible food, coarse and fine. Secondly, sense impression. Thirdly, volitional thoughts or formations. Fourthly, consciousness. And how amongst should the nutriment edible food be considered? So here they compare, you know, the, the, the... the food, as, a, as a, they say, that they give the, the story of a couple who is, who is lost in the desert. No? And then in that desert, they are, they, they, they are far away from the village, maybe a few hundred miles from the village, and they, they, have, a, they have a child with them. So at some point, you know, they reflect and they see their, their impasse. And then the, 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 the husband, he says to his wife, he says, well... You know, we are not going to get out of here, and uh, we are lacking food. We are not going to be able to make it, so what shall we do? And uh, then the husband says, uh, well, you know, all my life I have worked, you know, and then uh, my purpose was to, you know, to have, I worked so much to have a child and then to, to take care of you now. I cannot take care of you, my wife, so... What I will do, I will kill myself, and then you eat me, you eat the, the, the flesh, and then you keep, you keep a portion with you, and then you go to the end of this, the desert. So the wife says, well, you know, it's the same for me. For all my life, I wanted this child, and then also I cannot uh, support you anymore as a wife, and, uh, because uh, I am here, and uh, I have nothing. So uh, it would be better if I was to kill myself and then you take a portion of my meat and then eat it, and then the other one, you, 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 you carry it on your shoulder and you cross the desert with, with the child. So then again, the husband thinks and says to the wife, well, you know, a child without uh, her mother is not going to be able to survive. The child really needs the, the mother, so it's impossible that I, you know, that... Uh, that, that that I let you die, and then uh, for me remaining uh, with the child alone. 
So uh, then the wife, uh, she says, well, yeah, maybe... Anyway, the, the discussions come to a, you know, a place where there is no more logic. And uh, then... Then the husband follows and he says, what we will do is that actually we will kill a child huh? and then we will eat it because we can make another one, right? Later. And then if both of us are able to survive, then at least it will be that. And uh, so the mother uh, takes the child and sends it to the father and then she says, go to see your father. So the father received the child, and then he is with the child. And he thinks he cannot, I cannot kill my child. You know, I just work all for that, and it's my flesh. And so he sends it back to the mother. So the mother again with the child, and she thinks, well, I cannot kill the child, and it's impossible. And then she says, go and see your father. So like this, you know, back and forth, the child is being, you know, sent. And then at some point, you know, uh, the, the child just dies in the process. I don't know to which extent they, they send it, but he died there. And uh, then, uh, uh, then they, 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 well, then they ate it. So this is just to mean that, uh, you know, even, you know, cannibalism that we find in, uh, in history had come sometimes because of really extreme conditions of survival. And uh, this was the case. So we can imagine... Uh, that uh, they will not eat the food for the pleasure, a fit for the enjoyment, for the comeliness, comeliness sake, for the body's embellishment. Certainly not. And then also, they will not eat it for merely for the sake of uh, crossing. The, they will just eat it to, for the sake of crossing the desert. There is a lot of reflection that can be done when we are eating. And the, the reason why the, 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 the sutta was given, and then also that aspect of uh, meditation on the food, is that uh, at some point the Buddha was with the monks, and uh, uh, you know, uh, the, in, the, in the development of Buddhism, then the community of monastics uh, came to be quite well supplied, and then they were living kind of very easily with all the best food. Like we st still, you know, if we go in Asia, we see all the monks, and maybe a little bit less, less of the nuns, sorry for that. But uh, in general, the monastics are really well supported, and uh, uh, it can look like a, a little bit uh, luxury in the way of, uh, of food and uh, accommodation. Of course, we have those who practice in the forest and those who are eating just out of their bowls and uh, uh, just once a day. So, but in general, uh, it can also be uh, relatively uh, comfortable. So the Buddha was seeing the monks and uh, had, some of them were uh, practicing properly and then some were just having uh, a good time. And then it's just like, uh, how do you call that, you know, the type of when, when they are just parvenus. So they, they have just reached, the, it was just the aim, you know, just to be able to eat and then to have fun and then to have, a, to have rest and just to have a good life. So uh, in order to wake them up, then the Buddha spoke about uh, this discourse.
So here the text says that uh, if amongst the nutriment edible food is comprehended, the lust for the five sense objects is thereby comprehended. So uh, if we are you know, eating properly, and then with the, if we comprehend actually the material food, then we, can, we comprehend also the, 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 the five senses, the, 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 the relationship we have with the five sense objects. The, maybe I did not explain properly. So, anyway, so this is out for the for the food as a, the food the food as kabalinkara, you know the gross type of food. This is how it should be seen. It should be seen. We should eat in the same way as if we were to eat, uh, you know, a, a human being. So uh, that will be quite different. I think if you eat your breakfast in this way. So, how should the nutriment sense impression be considered? Suppose amongst there is a skinned cow that stands close to a wall. Then the creature living in the wall will nibble at the cow. And if the skinned cow stands near the tree, then the creature living in the tree will nibble at it. If it stands in the water, the creatures living in the water will nibble at it. If it stands in the open air, the creatures living in the air will nibble at it. Wherever that skin cow stands, the creatures living there will nibble at it. In that manner, I say, amongst should the nutriment sense impression be considered. So, if the nutriment sense impression contact is comprehended, the three kinds of feelings are thereby comprehended. So. Here, the contact, like uh, we are talking about this uh, cow who doesn't have the skin. So the cow is very, uh, is just uh, having the, the, all the, 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 the sense object very uh, irritating all the time, the nerves. So the cow is very sensitive. So it's the same thing. All the time we are having the contact of the five senses and uh, then, then it's very, uh, it can be very irritating. But also these contacts of five senses plus the, the, the mind is is the cause for feeling to arise. So out of this context, we have the feelings of pleasure. It can be pleasant, it can be unpleasant, and also it can be neutral. So uh, we can understand the three kinds of feeling. And if the three kinds of feeling are comprehended, there is, I say, no further work left to do for the noble disciple. So these are the examples, and then we go to the, the, the third type of nutriment, the volition, volitional formation or, or, or uh, volition, the, volition, the mental volition. Hmm? So suppose amongst there is a pit of glowing embers filled to cover a man's head with embers glowing without flames and smoke. Now a man comes that way who loves life and does not wish to die who wishes for happiness and detests suffering. Then two strong men will seize both his arms and drag him to the pit of glowing embers. Then amongst far away from it will recoil, 
that man's will. Far away from it is longing. Far away is inclination. And why? Because the man knows, if I fall into that pit of glowing embers, I shall meet death or deadly pain. So we have to understand that volition formation or mental volition is actually what is called karma. So actions or, you know, karma. The, the, the karma is the, is the actions, huh? verbal actions, physical action, and also mental action. But karma also is related to the chitana. It is related to the volition. So whatever volition we are having, then we get the result. It's a little bit like the food. Once we have eaten something, then we have to digest it. We have to process it. So uh, once we have done things, then the result is coming. Huh? And then these results actually are either positive or negative. And then that's why the, the comparison here is given in the sense of a, of a man that is being carried away by two persons. Huh? And then one pulls in one direction and then the other in the other direction. But the two of them actually they drag the man in a, in, a, in, a, you know, in a pit of glowing embers. Because whatever we do, even kusalakama, even good actions, are bringing results, and then these results, due to conditions, are not satisfactory. And then we find, again and again, we find ourselves with the results of what we have done. So if we have done good things, then we have good results, happiness, but still, it's conditioned. And then if we have done things that are not, that were not so skillful, then the opposite is happening. That means the results is definitely negative and definitely unpleasant. But in both cases, we are just the results. We are just the result of our past actions. And uh, so, this third type of nutriment, the nutriment of volition thoughts, uh, if we comprehend, if if we comprehend it very well, then the three types of craving are understood. Uh, and uh, the, it's just the, like uh, the volitional thoughts, huh? they are related to uh, volition, they are related also to uh, craving. So the crave, if we are looking at that, then we see that uh, the actions we are performing, the volition that we are uh, feeding, huh? the result is uh, we, we can understand that these actions are actually conditioned with the, the craving for sense pleasure. So we want just pleasure and then nice things in life. Or we are craving also for becoming, uh, for being. So we are just craving for a future kind of eternal happiness. Or we could also be having a type of craving of uh, annihilation. That means we are craving for non-existence anymore. And then it's kind of a nihilistic uh, type of uh, attitude. And how the, then with the, the fourth type of uh, nutriment here is uh, consciousness. How should the nutriment consciousness be considered? Suppose amongst people have seized a criminal, a robber, and brought him before the king, saying, This is a criminal, a robber, O Majesty. Meet it out 
meet out to him and the punishment you think fit. Then the king will tell them, go and in the morning strike this man with a hundred spears and strike him in the morning with a hundred spears. At noon, the king will ask his man, how is that man? He is still alive, your majesty. Then go and strike him again at noontime with a hundred spears. So they did. And in the evening, the king asks them again, how is that man? He is still alive. Then go and in the evening, strike him again with a hundred spears. And so they did. So what do you think, O monks? Will that man struck with three hundred spears during the day suffer pain and torment owing to that? Of course. So how much more if he is being struck by three hundred uh, spears. So not only one, but uh, three ti- three hundred times is, is even worse than that. So if we understand uh, consciousness, hmm? if the nutriment of consciousness is uh, considered, it, if it is comprehended, then mind and matter are there, thereby comprehended. And if mind and body are comprehended, there is, I say, no further work left for the noble disciples. So, uh, here, what you know, the text tries to convey us is that we have these four nutriments, and then we are feeding with these things. We feed with the food. No? Once we have eaten the food, then we see the body also being energetic, or the body being filled uh, uh, heavy, lazy, or the body being... So the body is being affected by the food we are eating. We are digesting what we have eaten. Huh? So this is a cause for the future. And then the future is just the effect of a previous cause. So now what we are, actually, we are just material food. We are just what we have eaten in the day or what we have eaten yesterday or just a few minutes ago. And still, that process of uh, nourishing the body is just there. So if we consider what is the food, the food is just uh, it's, it's just like fuel. Huh? The, the body is like a, a big machine that is just processing uh, these things, and then it's able to turn. Actually, it's quite wonderful. Right? It is quite wonderful how the body is able to turn that, you know, apple or a piece of bread or whatever we put here. It's able to turn it into energy, and actually, we become what we are, what we have eaten. So, uh, we are putting things, and then we get the result of it. So, so. How we are putting the food there is what is most important. Oh, this is very important. So is our purpose of eating, is it done with craving? So the quality that we have in relation to how we are eating is very important. And then about the sense impression, then it's the same thing. All the time we are having contact. All the time we are feeding ourselves with the contact. And... Uh, well, contact if we just take your email. Huh? Then uh, young people, they are so much dependent on the contact that uh, if they have not received in uh, one day at least 10 emails or 10 messages, then they get depressed. So uh, maybe also it's the same with us. You open, you know, in a few days you will open your, your account and then uh, 
you will look if people have contacted you. So if you don't have contact, maybe we're telling me people are not interested in me. Huh? And then if you get too much contact, then you will get fed up of it. And then when you are without that also, sometimes you say, oh, no, I am so alone. You have no contact at all. Hmm? So contact actually relates to everything in life. We are just feeding on contact. Contact is experience. So we are craving for experience. We want the experience of life. We, are, we want the stimulation from the senses that is coming from all the directions. Without this stimulation, we feel bored. And then what are these stimulation bringing to? The stimulation of contact is bringing the feeling. So out of the experience of the sense impressions, we get happy. So we want happiness. We want to feel good. So we are craving for the contact because the contact is the cause for feeling the way we like to be. The same thing as the food is the cause for, the, for what we want to get out of the food. And then the third one, uh, the mental formation or the mental volition, is the same thing. That means in life, not only we are craving to eat all the time, just wanting to eat huh? because it's necessary, we are also craving for contact, we are craving for experience, we are craving for good feeling, and also we are craving for activity. We are craving for doing things, we are craving for non-doing things, we are craving for creative creativity, and then uh, we are just liking so much constructing everything. And then if we are not doing that, then again, we are feeling so empty. So uh, mental volition also, it's the same thing. So uh, we have plans and then we are just building things, you know, in our head. So all the time we are feeling with these mental constructions and then we depend for our happiness f- uh, of the result that these uh, fabrications, these uh, uh, kind of actions are going to give us. So there is never satisfaction. So we are feeding out of the uh, creative aspects of our mind. And then we are completely dependent on that. And also, you know, that uh, these mental formations, these mental activities are, if we look at them, hmm, if we look at why we are doing things, actually, we will see that the motivation is really based on uh, craving. So we want to do things because we think that by doing these things, we are going to get satisfaction. Uh, so the craving, actually, is a source of wanting to do, wanting not to do, wanting to, 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 to create and all that because we are expecting something out of these actions. And then the same thing with the, uh, with the consciousness. So what, uh, consciousness, of course, So in this uh, in, in this uh, thing, you know, uh, 
consciousness, vijnana, also relates to citta. It also relates to mano. So these three terms actually are uh, referring to the same thing. So what is that? Is we want to cognize, we want to know, and also we want to be. Uh, so being conscious of oneself, this is also a type of uh, craving. It's a, it's a type of uh, food. So we want to... to, to uh, we just want to cognize and then not only to cognize but uh, to be able to identify what is happening, uh, to identify with these cognitions. So I know, I, I know, I cognize and then the identification we get with uh, the knowing is what is most uh, important for us. So there was a question also related to key consciousness, consciousness, you know, so uh, many people are wondering uh, what is the consciousness? So here is, a, what is the mind? A uh, question that somebody asked. Yeah, I cannot find it neither as a turtle, a turtle or nor as an eagle. So uh, what we, the problem is that uh, we want to identify consciousness as a thing. Uh, so we want to have a clear definition of what is consciousness. So consciousness, like all the five, all the aggregates, are not things by themselves. They are just processes. They are just in constant dynamic of evolution, of devolution. So it's not a thing. So if we relate to consciousness, then uh, we can explain it by way of citta. And then the text, you know, the commentaries, they say that we have uh, 89 types of citta. So how do they explain, how do they categorize and classify uh, these different uh, types of mind is by way of objects. Huh? So a mind is cognizing something. So the mind would be cognizing something. So the, the object is going to condition the, the mind. Also, uh, the quality of the mind itself is going to be influencing other qualities of the internal dynamic and uh, the emotions, the feelings, and uh, many aspects of the mind. If the mind has wisdom, if the mind has energy, if the mind has all kinds of uh, different qualities, then if the mind has greed or hatred, or, so we will have, again, different types of mind. So mind is not a big thing, you know, chitta is not a big thing in the universe by which we can uh, connect to and then it's something permanent, it's something, a substance that uh, we can rely on. No, mind is a dynamic process and mind is just a process of energy and then uh, we have different types of uh, m- of mind that are explained in the you know in the in the books. So uh, mind also uh, it's uh, the the, the simile is very beautiful here is that the chitta uh, for those who don't know that is uh, in India they were uh, carrying you know the chitra so they were ca- carrying flags just to make announcement. Uh, so they were the people in the street they didn't have uh, television and things like this so they were carrying flags and then on the flags you had different announcements. Huh? So uh, actually the flags also or the, the, the type of things they were carrying will be sometimes paintings. So uh, this is called chitra. And the chitta, the mind, 
is sometimes compared to a painting. This is very beautiful analysis. It's just a very beautiful simile because the painting of the mind has different colors. And then the colors we have in the mind are so different depending on our emotions. So we are happy, then the color is so light. We are sad, then it starts to be dark and gray. And then we are in love, it's in blue. And then we are angry, it's in red. And then we are excited, it is in yellow. And then we are in a hurry, so it turns to be orange. (laughs) Anyway, we are all kinds of things that qualify different experiences of our mind. So mind, emotion, and colors is very, uh, are, are a very beautiful kind of uh, uh, simile to explain what is the mind. So mind is not a thing. Mind is something static. It's not static. Huh? So it's not a thing. It's not static. Mind is just a process. It is just a dynamic There's also, since we are talking about the mind, there is one discourse here also that is, uh, that is uh, uh, being used as a simile. And uh, the time is uh, going fast, and uh, maybe it would have been interesting to go in more detail and ask your point of view, your, uh, your uh, wanting what, what needs to be clarified. So, but... Uh, but this is how it is. So there is one text that uh, yeah, and then they compare, you know, in the in that it's still, you know, the, all the references. If you find the, the book by Nyanaponika, it's all at the end because what he does that that that's color is that uh, he has taken all the texts and then with the commentaries, uh, and then the sub commentaries, and also he has given a very nice introduction to for us to uh, to assimilate uh, that material. So one of the texts that I'm looking that I want to talk about, and just briefly because there is a nice parallel about the the mind is that uh, actually we are talking about open mind, huh? so uh, we are opening the windows and then we are opening the doors, but actually we are still opening something. So what will be an open mind is just if we break away the, 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 the walls, so if there is no wall, then the mind is really open. But the, the simile here, huh? so the wall that we are having, actually, is what brings our limitation. The simile here for the mind is that, uh, or maybe I would just uh, find it. Ah, yes. Suppose, monks, uh, there is a gable house or a gable tail with windows at the northern, southern, and eastern sides. Now, when at sunrise, a ray of the sun enters through a window, where will it find old? On the western wall, O Lord. But if there were no western wall, O monks, where will it find old? 
on the earth, O Lord. And if there were no earth, where will it find a hold? On the water, O Lord. And if there were no water, where will it find a hold? It will not find any hold whatsoever, O Lords. Similarly, O monks, if there is no lust for the nutrients, edible food, sense impression, volitional thought, and consciousness, if there is no pleasure in them and no craving for them, then consciousness does not take hold therein and does not grow. Where consciousness does not take a hold nor grow, nor grow, there will be no occurrence of mind and body. There is no growth of karma formation. Where there is no growth of karma formation, there is no future arising of renewed existence. Where there is no future arising of renewed existence, there is no future birth, decay, and death. This, I say, O monks, is free of sorrow, of anguish, and despair. So many nice uh, suttas, and uh, we can find so much inspiration, and uh, so much uh, having good ideas, and uh, just making our own cooking, and uh, seeing what actually it speaks to us. So I will finish here, and then I'm just I'm very sorry, you know, so many things that I have uh, so poorly, I, I'm very critical of myself, uh, so poorly I have uh, tried to explain to you. Uh, so the conclusion is that, uh, does that mean we shall stop eating? Huh? If food is just a, a source of problem and a source of suffering, should we stop eating? And doing things, huh? if uh, mental formations and volition is a source of pr- trouble, should we stop doing the things? And then should we just kill ourselves or do something of our consciousness? is just a big uh, mess. Huh? So uh, the point is that uh, if, you know, this, uh, these four nutrients, they are actually giving us a perspective on facts. So we have to acknowledge we are just food and also the mental food and then the volition and the consciousness. All of that is food and that is, th- these are the causes for our life, for our body and mind to be. Huh? So this is the analysis we are doing with this process. And uh, uh, if we put that analysis, if we put that understanding, if we have understood anything at all, huh, if we put that perspective into the trio that we try to refer to, you know, in the in the the, the, the Majima hundred seventeen then the trio of sati, panya, and uh, vidya. Huh? So that new perspective, what is it going to? Tell us, because we are still needing to function, and then we still have a path. So the path actually will require us, with this new perspective, some adjustment. And then the adjustment we will have to do is the direction we want to take when we feed ourselves with these things. Which directions we want to give to our life. Where do we want to go? Physically, mentally, where are we? What are we aiming? And also, when when our goal or our kind of uh, uh, idea of uh, what is uh, that all about, 
the direction, uh, then we can ask ourselves, which quality of fuel do I want to put? That means which quality of food, of course, we have to be careful of our diet, but also which quality of intention, which quality of consciousness, and then also which quality of uh, contact, impression. That means uh, how... Uh, what is our attitude to our all that to 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 to, to that all and this uh, uh, speaks about sensitive sensitivity and also refinement and then the final stage is that we realize that there is nowhere to go and nothing to get so then we don't need any more combustible we don't need any more fuel and there is a medieval Jewish saying that tells I am fed up with being hungry again and again and I hunger for a final satiety So this applies to the four detriments. Where are we? When are we going to find satiety? Every moment of life is supported by the four detriments. What is our relation to it? Not only food, but also all aspects of the mind. So these foods also, these nutrients are related to the five aggregates. It is just related to the body and the mind. So for some of us, the retreat ends. And some of of us are going, will eventually go. But does the retreat really end? And also where do we go? Where do we go? If we want to know where we go, we can look also at the fuel that we are putting inside ourselves right now. What we feed ourselves by way of experience, by way of volition, by the quality of mind. You know, coming from Canada, in, 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 in French, they don't say that, but here, they, you go to the restaurant, and then the waitress, she gives you your dessert or something like this, what you have ordered. Uh, and then uh, sometimes they say, there you go, or here you go. So it's kind of surprising for us, you know, we are not used uh, to, to hear that. So there we go. That means we are just a process in constant becoming. So life is just becoming. So we can make it the way we want. And then we have also to choose with what we are going to feed it. So thank you very much. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.